Welcome to hour number two on a Friday on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. How much do you know about K food? How much hanshik have you eaten? We invite you into the world of Korean food, of course, including the history and culture of it. We'll introduce trendy foods and famous restaurants on Dish of the Day with Chef Chung. It's a Friday. That means food day here in the studio with Chef Chung coming in with a different ingredient or dish every single week and telling us all about its influence in Korean cuisine, what dishes you can find it in, and giving you a recipe usually as well. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing very, very well. It's uh, This is my favorite time of the year. I don't think I've seen your hair tied up like that before too many times. Yeah. I've seen it let loose. It's completely different. I'm sorry to take away from the beautiful season at the time of year. I'm just stunned. You look fa- fabulous today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, normally it's a last resort just because <laughs> I'm, I haven't had long hair for very long. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still getting used to the sensation of just being gently tugged backwards all day long. Oh, is that what it feels like when you tie your hair up? It feels like someone's trying to get my attention <laughs> all day long. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind it as a look, but as a sensation, it's, it's quite odd. Is your hair? fitting for this time of year as we're you know beginning of october it's definitely getting a bit chillier in the mornings and the evenings does it add a bit of warmth though mine the back of my neck is certainly warm oh that's lovely then, but i've had i have shaved my head in the past oh and i don't know if this is much warmer than just having short hair mm-hmm. but i can tell you this it Yeah, shaving your head is a lot colder than not having any hair at all. So this is true. Yeah, I I shave mine like back and sides, mm-hmm. so the top is still like well insulated. Ah. But when there's a cool breeze like in January, mm-hmm. and I've just had my hair cut. I am so cold. Like, I need to have a scarf around my head. You get the nice contrast. It's like (laughs) sleeping with one leg out of the blanket. That's perfect. That's Mm. why I do it. Absolutely. Uh, Today's ingredient is definitely fitting for the season, right? I don't think we could get more fitting. No, I don't (laughs) think so. I think this is an ingredient that's enjoyed all throughout the year here in Korea because it's so popular that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hothouse farmed. But traditionally, it's one that would go from summer till early winter. Oh, And that's hobak. Hobak. Okay. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with this Korean word. Well, so basically it it means it's a tricky one because Mm. it takes on so many different names in English. Technically, it's all part of the squash family. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So, you know, zucchini is a type of squash. Pumpkin Mm -hmm. is a type of squash. And you know, and gourds are a type of squash as well. Yeah. And so when we mean hobak, we're talking about the entire squash family. Oh, nice. Okay, so all of the squashes together. Mm-hmm. That I don't know if this is just my family, and it wasn't in our lexicon. I hadn't heard that term squash until I came to Korea, and gourd as well I, as a translation. Yeah, I think it's definitely an American English term. Mm, I see. Yeah. So we would call the pumpkin a pumpkin, mm. the zucchini a zucchini, or a marrow. Yes. Yeah. And marrow is, mm-hmm. is definitely more common and more large, I feel, than when we're talking here about the air hobak, right? Sure. But I don't know if that literally means the child pumpkin. Means child pumpkin. Okay, because it's nice and small and thin and manageable. I'll give you a better one. You okay. know what the term for a, a larger pumpkin pumpkin is? A larger pumpkin pumpkin, like the orange Halloween mm-hmm. pumpkin. 
Nugenhobak. Yeah. Oh, Nugen, I have yes. heard that. As it's not old. just old. It's it's elderly. <laughs> it's a senior. It's a senior squash. Oh dear, that's not quite the the look that it might have been going for. Although, to, to, having said that, it's used for scary jack o' lanterns for a true. reason. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think if we're going to be nice about it, it definitely looks wiser than an ehobak. Mm. You look at an ehobak, it's like you know, <laughs> it looks like a little whippersnapper. It is a little green, smooth yeah. thing. A it large know pumpkin. Anything. You want to ask it its wisdom. <laughs> Uh, so where are we going to start with the gourd and squash family? Well, let's talk about the different types of hobak here in Korea because okay. I think they're. I think that not only are they used differently in Korea, I have a feel. I have a feeling this is an ingredient that's used quite different differently all throughout the world. Mm, yeah. So it's native to North America, okay. and the Native Americans they would have what were known as the three sisters. Oh. And that's basically that's the corn and the squash. And uh, I'm going to get roasted for this. It's either tomatoes or chilies. That's the third si- oh, sister. Oh, and those and, are the th- three big ones. Not only three big ones, not only three main crops, but they're the ones that could be grown. T- beans. Sorry, beans. it's beans. Okie dokie. Um, so, <laughs> so these are the three crops that could be grown together mm-hmm. because of the way that they react with the nitrogen and the, and all the different chemicals in Ooh. naturally found in the soil. So you didn't have to fertilize it. Okay. Or you didn't have to fer- use chemical fertilizers to be able to grow them all at once because they all take and give equally wow. the things that the other vegetables need to grow. That's wonderful that they kind of complement each other yeah. like naturally. Like you've heard of crop rotation, right? Where you'll mm-hmm. do one crop and then you'll do another crop uh, in the next season in sure. order to, you know, replete, you know, to uh, to replace the depleted nutrients. Yeah. Same kind of idea. Oh. And so the you know so that's one of the reasons why they're often found together and then you'll still see it in an ingredient that's used throughout Native American and also Latin American cooking too because so much of you know the native you know the cuisine of the Native Americas mm-hmm. remained as a part, one of my favorite dishes it's a dish called calabacitas and it's definitely not a traditional dish because uh-huh. it's half cheese okay but it's basically it's it's like it's like essentially imagine a zucchini fondue oh that does sound good it's amazing like the the combination of cheese and zucchini is not one that comes to mind for most people but it is a phenomenal combination together. You add some, you you add some uh, spices to there, mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, chili powder, some cumin, a little bit of garlic, and Ooh. it makes. It's a dip, but you can eat it by the spoonful. Fantastic. Mm. So, in terms of the pumpkin, not, I'm keeping calling it pumpkin, aren't I? The gourds or the squashes that are available here, I would say. I don't see as many of the traditional Halloween pumpkins here because that's the main one in the UK around this time of year. That's right. You just see them here, there and everywhere, especially for decorative purposes. I don't think too many people actually even eat them. That's pretty much correct. I remember uh, for we 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 had to buy a lot, like a couple hundred kilograms of them for oh decoration one year. Uh-huh. We got them from the from from one of the main central traditional markets here in Korea. Uh-huh. And when we asked the asked the vendor, like, what do most people do with this? Same thing as you. It's for like fall decorations, <laughs> okay. and that's the number one use of the larger, more you know, uh, decorative gourds and pumpkins. Oh, even in the states as well, not eaten too much. Then they are a lot of them are eaten, but in the states, I would say the vast majority of them, uh, the pumpkins are. They they use canned pumpkin puree. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a shelf ingredient that's quite common to to have? Very perhaps? common. I would say most people use that. 
if they'll cook with a squash or pumpkin, generally uh-huh. I think butternut squash is one of the more popular ones. Mm. It's a more manageable size. Okay. And the inside is more solid. So on one of those large pumpkins, the inside's practically hollow minus the seed. Sure. And then, but with the butternut squash, it's pretty much solid all the way through, oh. save for a little small circle at the base of it. Uh-huh. So more ingredients to, to eat from that. That's ingredient. right. But a nut squash is not a common one here, is it? No, it's called tangkong hobak here in Korea. Oh, and it's peanut what's, pumpkin. Peanut pumpkin, because <laughs> it kind of looks like a peanut. Uh-huh. Um, I, it, it, it's one that you can get. It's what's known as a tuksu yachet, like uh-huh. a specialty uh, uh-huh. what is it, vegetable. So... Like in the way that certain Western herbs, like, um, or sorry, herbs, mm-hmm. are uh, like you know, things like thyme and sage and lavender. Yeah. They are available, but they're not available everywhere. Sure. So some of your larger hypermarkets, uh-huh. your department stores, and your traditional markets who have t u k s u y a t e vendors, so vendors who specialize in these specialty ingredients, yeah. that's where you're able to find them. But nowadays, easiest place to find them, online. Online. You get the number of the farm, you call them, you... make a da- bank deposit, they'll have it to you in a couple of days. Oh, nice. They just send it over like that. Mm. And yeah, I guess the ones that I'm most familiar, we mentioned it already, the little baby pumpkin or <laughs> air hobak, mm-hmm. which zucchini or marrow. But yeah, the marrow in the UK definitely seems different. Definitely tastes different. It is different. Yeah. So zucchini and air hobak, they are slightly different varieties of squash. Okay. They're most often, it's most often translated as zucchini because... Yeah. It's green mm-hmm. and it is. It's longer than it is. Uh, than it is thick. It's, yeah. You know, it, it's tubular shaped, and so from a distance, you kind of squint. They kind of <laughs> look the same. Yeah. The zucchini is definitely stronger in flavor. Uh huh. Little less sweet. More vegetal. Mm-hmm. I think it holds up better to stewing. Ah, yes. To longer cooking. Uh-huh. The Korean ehobak, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a squash that you can quick cook. You can just saute it and mm-hmm. it'll be done in just a matter of seconds if you slice it thin enough. Yeah. It's lighter in color. Sure. It's usually not nearly as large either. Mm-hmm. And They're very manageable. They're they? also very uniform in size. And do you know why? I wonder, because when you buy them, they all look the same. Because <laughs> have you noticed they all come in a plastic wrapper? Which is very tight to them. They grow inside the plastic wrapper. Oh, That's they're how not they all, they're, they're not packaged afterwards. What? They grow inside the plastic wrapper. Oh. So they know exactly what size, <laughs> at, you know, you know, at what size they need, to be, uh, they need to be harvested. That's so interesting. Yeah, and that is everywhere. Like, you can buy that everywhere. And it's so cheap. I feel like, is that the one that's always like about a thousand won? So here's the thing. A lot of people in Korea will say it's very expensive to go out grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. And it is if you are cooking, cooking anything other than very traditional Korean home uh, cooking. Yes. So, yes, uh, eobak is dirt cheap compared to other ingredients out there. Mm. Same things with, um, assuming there's not a shortage, uh, yeah. things like mu and yangpa and teppa. Yeah. All these ingredients that are the everyday kitchen staples, they are very affordable. Yeah. That's why we always have a couple in our refrigerator. And we, always, we use them all the time for both Korean food And non-Korean food. Yeah, I mean, that's so interesting. I didn't know that about the plastic packaging, but that's what makes them so convenient. You don't have to wrap them. so You just pick one up. It's already packaged. You put it in your bag. That's right. And that's a really good point. I often complain about how expensive going to the supermarket is here, but there are those traditional ingredients that are super cheap. Mm-hmm. The pengi bossot, the thin string yeah. mushrooms is one. You can get like three giant packs for about 1,000, 2,000 won as well. Honestly, at the end of the week, we're usually stuck with too many of them because <laughs> <laughs> it was a deal and, so, and, we, buy, and we, we got overzealous. Yeah. Welcome to Arirang Radio. 
We're back, Dish of the Day, part two. Chef Chung in the studio talking all about the squash family, the gourds. We call them all some kind of hobbuck here in Korea. And we talked about the air hobbuck, which is, I'm I'm pretty certain, the most common type that you'll see. By far. Yeah. By, far, by a long shot. And the other one that just sprang to mind in the song break is the littler... version of the Halloween pumpkin, mm-hmm. the tan hobak. The tan hobak. Right? Literally the sweet, uh, ho- uh, the sweet uh, squash. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is very sweet. It, it is super, isn't it? The outside, it's green. It's mm-hmm. usually not orange. And uh, so, and from what I understand, if, they, if you let them go a little farther, then yeah. they will tra- start to change color. But I don't oh. know if they turn into the larger orange ones uh, precisely. Okay. And they are very, very sweet. Super, right? If you just like steam them and then mm-hmm. cut them into slices, you can eat the skin as well, totally. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> that, for a long time, uh, we, we, that's what we would do. We would slice up a couple of them. Mm-hmm. We'd toss them in the oven until, oh. they, until they got nice and crispy. Yeah. And then we'd pack them for lunch the next day. Oh, nice. And dip them in ketchup. They'd be, they would be really? a good kind of stand-in for sweet potato fries. Amazing. Does <clears> that work? Because they're kind of a similar color to the sweet potatoes mm-hmm. we get. abroad sure. in the West. But here in Korea, I don't see that color too often, the orange sweet you're potato. Right. Right? Now that I think about it, it is probably, for listeners in the United States, if you're wondering what this pumpkin tastes like, it tastes more like an American sweet potato than uh, it does a pumpkin. Yeah, we're going to have to do, I'm sure maybe in the winter, an episode on Korean sweet potatoes because mm-hmm. they are delicious and there's different versions. But yeah, That's so, totally true. The tan hobak is kind of similar to that, I assume. Absolutely. But I didn't ever think about dipping it in ketchup. That works. It, it's, very, it's very nice, Amazing. like I said. It, because they, they taste so much <laughs> like sweet potato fries. It, it's such a natural combination. Uh, but speaking of sweet, though, before mm-hmm. we move on, I wanted to bring this up. I think as far as I'm concerned, mm. America and Korea are the only two countries off the top of my head yeah. that have major uses for pumpkin as a sweet dish. Oh, okay. So we're not talking just this kind of steamed sweet pumpkin. Yeah, not, not, not just like a kind of like a sugary vegetable uh-huh. that's, you know, but that, you know, that's used in a savory application. Sure. I'm talking about something that's used as a sweet, as a dirt, dessert application. Oh. In the United States, of course, you have pumpkin pie. I was blown away the first time my American friends talked about this. I was like, pumpkin mm. in a pie? Come I think on. most people are. Have you ever seen, you know, the American comedian Conan O'Brien? Yes. Have you seen a series, Conan Without Borders? Uh, where he travels around he the world. He came to Korea, didn't he? He came to Korea, uh-huh. but there's one episode where he goes to Italy. Uh-huh. Goes to a very, a very traditional Italian espresso bar. Uh-huh. And he orders a pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin <laughs> spice. And when, when you know, they, of course, they don't know what this means. And then sure. when someone translates it as yeah. like literally <laughs> the spice of a pumpkin, the face that they make is like, some, is like they asked them, them, you know, to, can I, can, can I slap your mother? You know, it, it was, it was, it, it was such a visceral look of disgust. Wow. And it is something that is so completely unique to America. This mm. idea of a pumpkin pie. If you've never had it before, it's essentially, it's a pumpkin custard. Uh So it's pumpkin that's set with egg and sugar. And then it's given spices like cinnamon and nutmeg and clove. A lot of these, and you know, so this pumpkin spice mixture is kind of a catch-all term for those very warm autumnal spices. Uh. I would say the closest analog would be Mulled wine spices. Okay, yeah, pretty much the same kind spices that go in there. And uh, interesting, but no pumpkin in that case, right? In the mulled wine. In the mulled wine, no, <laughs> just the spice. So pumpkin spice is, I think, it throws a lot of people off because you imagine—is there 
dried pumpkin yes. powder. In the- no, yes. it's That's just the expecting. spice that goes in the pumpkin pie. Ah. In Korea, however, mm. we have something. Hobagyot. Oh, yacht, the taffy, right? The taffy. I love this. It's phenomenal. And I, I, it's one of those things every year. It's like, I should eat more of this. Absolutely. Instead of like other candy, I'm sure it's still not great for your health. It must be a lot of sugar. But I feel, because the pumpkin, it's not that bad for it's me. It's not bad. It's not that. And you eat so little of it. Mm. It's not good for your health. It's great for my dentist's wallet, though, <laughs> because I've definitely lost more than one filling. If you've never had hobagyot uh, before, mm-hmm. it's extremely sticky. Yes. Like, I, I'm not kidding. When I said, I think off the top of my head, I've lost three fillings in my lifetime eating it. Yeah, it is so sticky. So, like, my mum and certain elderly people, when they eat it now, they just suck it. And mm-hmm. it just takes ages to dissolve. Yeah. But you are talking, like, in the UK, we have, like, some toffees mm-hmm. that are super sticky. It's like right. that kind of level where you'll struggle to open your teeth mm-hmm. when you're chewing yeah, through it, right? Yeah, it's very much that. And if you're, again, if you're kind of worried about pumpkin taffy <laughs> so the thing is that when you make taffy you cook the sugar to a very high temperature mm-hmm. and you cook it for a while and yeah. you stretch it and so it doesn't end up tasting like pumpkin it takes on this really delicious malty yeah almost kind of tastes like beer in that oh, sense yeah, it's very malty yeah mm. so how how are you making that you're putting the pumpkin in the sugar or are you getting the sugar from the pumpkin i think you're getting the sugar from the pumpkin I is what see. is my understanding yeah because there are lots of different types of yacht mm-hmm. the taffy in korea right and we recently got given for chusok mm-hmm. uh, the this kind of artisan one which was walnut and then there were pine seed yacht as well mm-hmm. Not as nice as the hobak. The hobak one, it is subtle but different for sure. It very yeah. much is. It, it, it again, it doesn't hit you on over the head with a pumpkin flavor. Mm. But I agree with you. It is the nicest. It has such a warm autumn fl- uh, flavor to it. Yeah. And if you do give some as a gift, make sure do not tell them to don't don't command them to eat it because <laughs> that means something very different here in Korea. Okay. Yes, that expression with the yacht is is mm-hmm. not a nice one. And here. I remember it now. In the Yongin Folk Village, they have like a traditional guy doing it. They do. And like with the clanky scissors that make the noise. And they sometimes do a performance. Like that's a percussion instrument. I just just got this Ratatouille-esque wave of nostalgia. (laughs) Just wash over me. The clanging of the scissors. That is is absolutely it. Because they they cut it to size. And Mm -hmm. it's sticky. So scissors are the ideal tool of choice. And they use these really old school like cast iron very heavy yes. scissors <laughs> that, that is something you guys should definitely check out on uh, youtube i'm sure you'll be able to find it if you write korean taffy mm-hmm. and scissors the performance is all part of it as well uh, before we get into part three matthew maybe we can touch upon one other way that this is eaten in korea and then get into more different dishes in part three as well well i think before we go into part three let's maybe kind of do an overview of what we did a couple of weeks ago we, uh-huh. when we talked about chun yes so, oh with the air hobak with right? the, with right? the marrow-esque thing <laughs> because that's probably one of the most common ways of having it especially yeah. Around this time of year, not specifically this time of the year, mm. but because uh, win, uh, early winter, late fall is kind of bookended by Chuseok on yep. one side and Seollal on the other side. Mm-hmm. I think Chun is still on people's minds. Absolutely. And you know, with the you know the occasional drizzle that you get nowadays. So one thing I want to mention is that you can have a uh, Hobak Chun any time of the year. 
But this time of the year is nice too because you'll get those occasional autumnal drizzles. Oh, and chun and the rain are kind of a classic combination. Yeah, I think I heard a scientist talk about it that your body kind of craves something oily on a rainy day, which really means the chun is the perfect sure. accompaniment, right? And you know, there are other people who have a theory that the sound of the sizzling uh, oil it sounds mm-hmm. like the rain that falls outside. Yeah, I. I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in Occam's razor, that you know, uh-huh. the, the simplest explanation is usually <laughs> the correct one. I think on a rainy day, you want something warm and comforting, yeah. and that's chun. And, and we've still got that clip up on our social media, so go back a few weeks to our Chuseok edition, and Matt cooked these at home. And you mentioned earlier, this must be the reason you can do it, because I'm assuming if it was zucchini or marrow, the cooking time would be... like a lot longer maybe it would burn before you get them cooked right so if you're trying to make these overseas and you don't have access to ehobak but you do have zucchini mm. um, I, so I cut them maybe about half a centimeter in the video sure just slice them a little bit thinner oh and that'll work as well and then oh in the egg that is perfect delicioso if you are in Jeju 88.7 in Jeju City 88.1 in Seogipu City 101.9 in the Daejeong area And that brings us to part three today of our gourd squash extravaganza. And we've mentioned that Korea, alongside the States, may be one of the only places where you'll see that pumpkin used as a sweet or a dessert. Mm -hmm. I think the pumpkin spice latte has now gone a bit global, like... Right. Thanks to that one chain in particular, <laughs> the Star One, you can find it in different places. I'm not sure how popular it is in Korea. I think we're all about the Americano still. I think you see it maybe like as like a one week special mm. per year. Yeah, like, right I think it, I, week, I think right? it's giving it lip service. Is basically <laughs> what it is. Like okay, it's a thing. Let's move on. But in Korean dishes. We do see the the Gould family make an appearance in many different ways, right? It's an extremely important uh, ingredient. So we have a couple of uh, like dishes where the hobak is a star. Mm-hmm. But first thing I want to mention is just that it's found in almost every soup. It's just a uh. thing that you just throw in there. I think it's very similar to the way, say, peas or carrots are treated in mm. a lot of Western cuisines. You'll just have them on the side of any dish, on right? On the side, yeah. you'll, you'll throw them in. They're not the star. Like... You read it on a menu. It won't say <laughs> that it's in it. Yeah. But when you when it shows up to your table, you're not shocked. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Especially in the tenjang, the soybean mm-hmm. pastry, it's got to be in there for me. Otherwise, that's not one hundred percent. And it doesn't lend a whole lot of flavor to the rest of the dish. Mm. But what it does is that because it's so tender, it soaks up the flavors really well. Yeah, it gets so juicy, mm-hmm. right? And we're talking about the air hobak in this case, yes, right? The air hobak that is here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, and it cooks so quickly. So, um, so when I worked at a, at a Korean restaurant. What the jjigae is, you can prepare a lot of them ahead of uh, time by mm-hmm. doing this. So you basically, you keep the bowls, the, the bowls that they're boiled in, yeah. in the refrigerator, and you throw in all the ingredients that oh. have to go in there ahead of time. Okay. So, you know, a measured amount of tenjang, mm-hmm. you know, and then you'll you'll have your different vegetables, your onions, and your pengi basot, yeah. and your hobak, and you all cut them so that they are cooking at the same time. Oh. And so one of the reasons why the hobak is nice, too, is because it cooks so quickly, You can get a nice chunk of it in there. Yes. Like okay. pre-prepared. And it cooks. By the time it comes up to a boil, mm-hmm. it's cooked. It's all done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the other way my mum does that air hobak dish, I don't know if this is super traditional, but just a bit of the seoujot, the salty little shrimp, yep. and like boil it together. 
and my kids will wolf down a bowl of rice just mm-hmm. with that in there. Yeah. That is definitely traditional. If it's not traditional, then you and your mother and my <laughs> mother uh, have started a tradition. But I know for a fact that this is a very traditional pantan. Yeah, teojat are a small little brine shrimp, mm-hmm. and the eobak is nice and sweet, and yeah. they provide such a great contrast, and they complement each other so much. Teojat on its own. Mm. If you've never had it before, it can be a little intimidating, yeah. but it has that same quality that soy sauce has. Yes. In the sense that it's very salty, but it has it's complex at the same time, mm. and it's such a good foil for rice. Yeah. One of my favorite Pugokuk restaurants uh-huh. in, um, in the Kwangamun area, yeah. they have at every table just this bowl of seojat and uh, sesame oil and pepper. It's just those three ingredients, uh-huh. and you just pe- you see people just ladling it over their rice and just ordering bowl after bowl of rice. Oh, with the soup, not with, to go necessarily in the soup. Not to go necessarily thing. in the soup. So you can use it to dip the pugo, the dried uh, the dried fish that's then boiled again. You uh-huh. can use that, but most people will use it to <laughs> mix it into their rice. That sounds like a good little shortcut, similar to the keram, but we talked about a few weeks back. The egg right. rice. It's just a simple it's way a to simple enjoy rice. It's a simple hack to enjoy rice, <laughs> and um, so you you mentioned the uh, ehobak with these heujat as mm-hmm. a simple pantan. Yeah. But you can go even simpler than that. Just, yeah. you know, hobak namur is, ehobak namur is just basically, it's just briefly sautéed or blanched um, uh, zucchini. Yeah. Maybe sometimes it has a little bit of garlic in there, uh-huh. but it can be as simple or as complex as you like with uh-huh. just maybe a little bit of salt. And then... I, I I think you could serve it warm, but I like it when it's served cold, like Me it's too. been refrigerated, yeah. right? I and think I rice, yeah. yeah. I think namur is one of those things that it goes really well when it's uh, cold or room temperature. Mm. I think it just gives the time for the flavors to mature a little bit, and then it gets a nice little crunch to the to the texture as well. Absolutely. Mm. One where it is the star of the show as a dish, per se, that comes to mind for me, and the color is mm-hmm. just so vivid. We're talking about, in this case, the sweet pumpkin, right? Yes. The tanhobak, hobak chuk. So you would never use eobak for this. I don't even no. know what that would look like. <laughs> I, th- I think actually it'd look like mushy peas is what it would look like. Probably, yes. But so what they do is they'll puree the sweet yellow flesh of the tanhobak. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a similar uh, sweet... Um, it's a similar sweet uh, pumpkin that you find in Japan. Uh-huh. And, you know, from there, it's also been kind of trending in America over the past 10 years or so. Oh, really? This yeah. kind of porridge kind of soupy type? Not the soup, just the pumpkin itself. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. But here in Korea, the most common way of probably having this mm. is, is definitely has to be hobak juk. And in that case, because juk, and there's that restaurant with that prominently in the name, many people think of porridge, right? Mm. And rice in the porridge. Does this have separate rice or it's just the... The pumpkin, right? That's I been think blended. You could yeah? have separate rice, but generally no. It's because it's a very starchy mm. ingredient on its own, right? So it's something that it's just it's it's a thick puree. Yeah. From a distance, it kind of almost looks like a curry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might be expecting some like Indian flavors there, but not at all. It's just a nice sweet porridge. Like right. That. And yeah. it's it's very simple, very straightforward. Just a handful of ingredients, not a lot of seasonings. Mm-hmm. So basically, what you're tasting is the tanobak, the sweet pumpkin on its own unadorned and it's very very good yeah i i don't like to have like a full bowl for my whole meal but right. like as an appetizer mm-hmm. a small cup or something like that's perfect perfect yeah, yeah a whole bowl can be a little bit much yes because <laughs> it, it's it, it's very claggy it's very it's mm-hmm. very it's very heavy yeah and but there are people who will definitely you know wolf down a large bowl of it on their own mm. for me i'm not 
so in love with it, but I definitely it just it makes my day mm. at a restaurant. They serve just a little cup of it as an appetizer. Yeah, just before you get into your main thing. What else can we see this family in the squash? Have you have you do you use hobakoji? Uh, do do you do you are you familiar with it? Do you use don't it very much at home? I don't even know what it is. Maybe I do, but I don't know the name. What's hobakoji? So it's and it's a technique that we're seeing a lot in fine dining, which uh-huh. really makes me excited. Okay, it's the idea of. Dehydrating and then rehydrating in a vegetable. Oh, so you know mumalengi. Yes, I love that. That's what it is. You so dry the, the mu, okay, and then you rehydrate it in the seasonings. Oh, and it gives things such a very unique. It's like crunchy, mm. a little spongy. Yes, and it soaks up the new flavors really, really well. We've got this with. The pumpkin, as in the tan hobak, is yeah, this tan- as well. Oh no, so this is ehobak. Oh, the ehobak. Oh wow. Yeah, so hobak koji. Oh. Is where you you slice it thin, yeah. dry it, and then rehydrate it, wow. and it takes on a whole new texture. The flavor itself is kind of hard to describe, but it tastes more mature. It uh-huh. tastes less sweet, a little musty, like Ooh. almost a little mushroomy in that okay. regard. And then where are we using that? In the same places we would use a hobak or by itself like as a side dish? Most oftentimes as a panchan. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Sometimes they'll go into like a yang yam bap. So, uh-huh. like so like a rice that has different ingredients like mushrooms or mm. like uning nuts in it or something yeah. like that. But most oftentimes you'll see it as a panchan. That's a really interesting one. One of my favorites, and I think this for people who don't even like the kind of sweet pumpkins, deep fried. Hobak chigim. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. This tastes delicious. It really does. And again, so we want to stress, you can eat the skin. Mm -hmm. So if you see someone serve you a slice of fried (laughs) hobak tigim and the skin is still on it, don't try to dissect it and pull it apart. You're just going to ruin the whole thing. (laughs) You want to make, you eat it all, the skin and all. It's not tough. It adds, actually, I think it adds a nice little flavor to it even. Yeah, the skin itself, you're right. And then the fact that it's nice and sweet in that crispy outer coating that's been deep fried Mm -hmm. is really good. Like sweet potato is good, but I would argue maybe tanobak is better. Like you get more sweetness, bang, into you. You know what? Gun to my head, mm. I'm with you. Okay, team Tanobak. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and you often get that what when you get the tikims with your duck bok, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. those fried random vegetables, and usually you just get a different one, uh, just one piece of mm-hmm. each. I'll generally order thing. extra if, oh. if the place allows you to order. <laughs> so I I have a couple of ones like I think omuk tikim, mm. I think is one that I think I always will oh. uh, order extra for. Yeah, and then the Tanobak tikim. Um, and then just because if there's one, then my wife and I will fight over it. <laughs> mm. Dip it in the spicy dakboki sauce. Mm. So that is gourds and squashes in Korean cuisine, Matt. Thank you. There's much more than I was thinking. And the yacht, I didn't even consider the right? candy. That's a great souvenir to bring back from it Korea. It is. I, feel. I yeah. think it, it lasts forever. One thing, one more thing I want to mention before we go mm-hmm. is that you know, if you go into the countryside, yep. a lot of times you can get a whole duck. That's been cooked inside of pumpkin. Inside, inside wow. of a pumpkin. That's the cooking technique. Like That's steam the cooking kind technique. <gasps> it's wow. delicious. Always overpriced. Yes. It, it has a reputation for being overpriced, but it is mm. well worth the it is well worth the price of entry. Go for it. Expect to pay more than you should, yep. but it's still worth it. It's a sight to behold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, thanks, and we'll see you again next Friday. See you then. You can listen to Dish of the Day with Chef Chung every Friday at 10am KST on Hashtag Daily K.